It's not by accident. I appreciate your willingness to come with a heart of worship and openness. Makes the difference. Makes a difference. So thank you for that. Amen. We're going to dismiss the youth. They're going to be downstairs tonight. So we'll go ahead and dismiss them, youth 12 to 18. In case some of you thought you were youth but had to be reminded you're not. <laughs> Amen. Let me, uh, a couple of things as they're heading down. Um, I, I continue, I continue to be in meetings with different pastors. Um, I'm in a meeting with another one tomorrow. And, um, I am just waiting on the Lord in all of those times together. Um, I was I was in services yesterday afternoon or Wednesday. Yeah, that's yesterday. Sorry, my days are running together. Uh, yesterday afternoon, and as I was leaving, uh, an elderly lady grabbed my hand. I'd met her going in, but as I was leaving, she grabbed my hand. And I just said, you know, God bless you. And she said, her, this was her statement to me without any introductory thing beyond that. Do you know my pastor? I said, I don't think so. Um, and she said, you should. I said, I should. I would like to. I asked her who he was. She told me. She told me where he pastors at. And when she said those words, do you know my pastor, I felt like they were coming from her spirit to mine. It arrested my attention. Um, and so um, I ran out and caught my wife who went out the door. said, I need a card. I went back and I gave it to her. I said, please give this to your pastor. Ask him to call me. I'd like to take him out to lunch or something. And so um, I'd like you to just, I know we've been praying about these things. And so would you please continue to do so? Um, like I said, I have a, I have a meeting with a, uh, a pastor tomorrow morning. I have a meeting with another pastor on Monday morning in town. Um, whatever the Lord wants to do. I want unity of spirit. I want the spirit of truth and the spirit of revelation to work that we've been fasting and praying for. And I don't believe we fast and pray and then nothing happens. I believe we fast and pray and God begins to open doors. And so uh, please continue. Um, I, will, I will give you a list of names to call out in prayer. And I will probably just give you first names. Um, just because I don't want you to feel like you got to just start going and Googling and searching and digging. And um, I'm not trying to withhold anything. I just want you to pray in faith without trying to let other things get in the way of just as the Lord would lead you in prayer. Uh, I also have a, I, I've been in communication with another pastor each day the last three days, and I'm meeting him again tomorrow afternoon. Um, I just want to do whatever my part is in the body. Um, I'm not trying to make these things happen. The Lord just seems to be doing something. And we're all 
all a part of this. We're all a part of this. So let's just continue to pray, please. The scripture is very clear. Jesus said, I will build my church. He will build it. It's his church. Amen. Praise God. I'm excited for the word tonight, aren't you? Amen. Um, Brother Lewis and Sister Julie are going to deliver the word here. I get to I get to teach the youth tonight. And uh, so some of you didn't get to go down with the youth, but I get to go down with the youth. <laughs> Amen. So I don't know who's coming first. I don't know if they decided. Oh, Brother Lewis is going to lead the way. Open your heart. Receive the word tonight. I know God will use him. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I am so thankful to be here tonight with all of you. And I, I truly mean that. I, uh, I'm thankful for the body. When I uh, come in fellowship with the body, there's always ministry that takes place. Word that is spoken directly into my spirit. And I need that. I don't want to get far away from the body. Amen. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Amen. I'm thankful for my pastor, elder. You know, throughout all the years, I appreciate him and his family so much for all they do here for the body and their sacrifice. And they definitely do their part. Amen. But I'm thankful that he pushes us to go deeper and further. That's the way I feel anyway about him. You know, fasting isn't, you know, something that you want to do, you know, right away. It's like, sure, I'll do that. But it's necessary. It's necessary if you want to go deeper and further with the Lord. Because he illuminates things to you and shows you things. Things that maybe sometimes you're not aware of that are going on. And I want that always. I want him to bring me new revelation and new understanding to his word. To my relationship with him. But here in Luke it says. Then said he unto his disciples, it is impossible 
but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. I realized in my walk with God that offenses are going to come. Someone will offend you. Offense is going to take place in your walk with God, in your life, in this life. The definition to offend means to irritate or annoy, to cause to feel resentment, disgust, or anger, to disturb so greatly that often a relationship is severed or damaged greatly. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 7. And I like it how it says here in Matthew. But it says, Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. The Greek word translated offenses in this passage is scandalon. It means a trap stick, a bent sapling used to spring a snare. Kind of like the way they trap bunnies, you know. They put these little twigs down and then they harness them down and then they put a little circle and when that thing springs up... It catches them wherever they're going, wherever they're walking. It just pulls them right up, and they stay there till, I guess, someone comes and gets them. But it is the source of the English word for scandal. Anybody ever heard that word? There's a scandal going on. Scandalous things are happening. So it means <clears throat> it's something serious. Okay, in another version here in the Jewish Bible, it says, Woe to the world because of snares, for there must be snares. But woe to the person who sets the snare. In the, in the Dewey Rames Bible, it says, Woe to the world because of scandals, for it must needs be that scandals come. But nevertheless, woe to the man by whom the scandal cometh. Let us pray right now. Father, I pray your word. Your everlasting word that is settled in heaven, Father, Lord God. Heaven and earth will pass away, Lord, but your word remaineth, Lord God. Father, we need to hear from you, Lord God, from your word. Hallelujah. I pray tonight, Lord God. Hallelujah. 
the conviction, Lord God, hallelujah, of your spirit, Lord God. Let it go forth, Lord God, to every soul here, Lord God. You know every need in this room, Father, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we worship you, Lord God. We love you, Father. We worship you, hallelujah, because you are good and faithful, hallelujah. I worship you, hallelujah. Blessed be your name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I worship you. My uh, My wife had been dealing with uh, these little roosters that she got out of uh, the coop. But, you know, in the fenced yard, it's fenced all around. And the chickens, you know, they, they dwell there. And uh, the ducks, they're so at peace. It's like... Everything's so good for them. I watch my wife go out there in the evenings and, you know, man, she loves to just go out there with those, with those guys and just sit out there and she puts a little bit of worms right on top of her, her dress there and they come to her and they eat right off there. And it's like, you know, it's kind of cool the way they look, you know, when they come and they're like, whack, 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 whack. <laughs> And, you know, they're always just living the life. It's wonderful. But, you know, the Lord brought this to my spirit, you know, because of this little one that runs around with them. And, man, she's always busy. And I mentioned her before. Her name was Jackie. How she always sat on the eggs. She was the only one that multiple of those chickens came from. And, uh, man, she would just sit on those eggs. And, man, she just hatched them over and over freely. But I noticed Jackie lately, you know, she's just been kind of doing her own little thing. And I see her come in and out of the gate and there's a gate there for a purpose because it keeps Leo out. And man, Leo, he's a terror sometimes because as soon as he goes out, he starts chasing all the little birds out there. There are like tons of them because my wife likes to feed those wild birds too, those little ones. You know, she has a little feeder up there. And they come too, and then, you know, they get on the ground, and they're pecking right there. And then they come, and they tease Leo. They jump on the fence, and they're like, ha-ha, you can't reach us. <laughs> so Jackie, you know, she's just been coming out. I don't know. She goes down under those bushes, and she's looking for something good down there. But, man, she's gotten to the point where... As soon as she hears that door, she recognizes that, uh-oh, they're letting Leo out. Because, man, when he sees her, he goes 
super fast running towards her. And she just goes right through the gate. And now she's been kind of just going over. And if she sees him, she's like, whoosh. she flies over the fence and then just glides in style. <laughs> and that's the way she gets away from him. And she's the only one I see do that. All the rest, none of them. Some of the ducks, once in a while, they flatter their wings, but they don't go over anymore. They just stay where it's secure. I wonder if sometimes we get so comfortable to where God's brought us and we forget where he's leading and taking us. Or maybe sometimes it just goes past us. Or sometimes we don't want to go further in wherever he's taking us. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. And he says, and he entered again into the synagogue. And there was a man there which had a withered hand. Mm -hmm. Jesus, he's been going around in the synagogue's teaching. And uh, we find him here in this place. Now again in the synagogue and he's teaching. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day that they might accuse him. And he saith unto the man which had the withered hand, stand forth. And he saith unto them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked around about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he saith unto the man, stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Verse 6, it says, And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him you know the synagogue was where the Pharisees taught and a lot of the times if you were born with an illness like this you know they wouldn't let you in the synagogue, they figured, oh, well, 
who sinned, you know, that he was born this way. In other passages of scripture, and uh, he's inside the synagogue here where these Pharisees have took him in there so that they might accuse the Lord. I look at this story and I and I see them there with their own motives. Coming in here offended with the Lord. An offense in their heart towards the Lord. I don't know about you, but I know of times when I was in situations that I got myself into. And, you know, sometimes I didn't know why I was there. You know, it was like someone talked me into going with them to do something that, you know, I didn't know what they had on their mind or where they were taking me or why I was even there. I don't know if that's happened to you before, but that happened to me in my life. Let's see, the Lord here, he knew what they were thinking. And he looks around them. And when he looks around them, to them, he's disappointed. He's disappointed with them. There are those, you know, sometimes that are special in your life and, you know, you never want to see that face where it's like, man, I let them down. Man, I've felt that where I let a person down and I felt like I felt like the worst person ever. I felt like, man, I'm not worthy. I just want to punish myself. Maybe if I do something, you know, to myself, then that'll get them to to see me in a different way. And when he had looked round about them with anger, being grieved for their hardness of their hearts, he saith unto them, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out 
and his hand was restored whole as the other. And verse 6 says, And the Pharisees went forth and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. See, the Pharisees taught in the synagogue. The Herodians, they were part of Herod's people. Most of the time, they were against the Pharisees and the things that they, you know, the things that they wanted to do, you know, for, for the Jewish people. But we have to be careful because sometimes our offense will cause us to go with people who are against us. They'll cause you to pair up with someone that has, that they don't have the best interest in your walk and relationship with God. They don't care about where God's taking you. Of where he's leading and guiding you. They'll bring a fence. You know those that are offended. It seems like they just gather others. To be offended. With themselves. They take their own offense. And they spread it like a disease. And it'll consume you. This man, he was, man, sitting there in the midst of him, using him to get back at the master. But the Lord says, come forth. Come stand here. And he goes with faith. Saying, I don't care what their agenda was. I don't care of why they brought me here. But I'm going to get to the master. I'm going to get up from where I am and I'm going to get to him. Because he has the answer for me. And the Lord told him, he says, come on. Reach out your hand. Sometimes God's going to ask that of us. He's going to ask for the impossible. Maybe it's something that you can't do of yourself. And he's going to ask it of you because he's taking you somewhere. But you've got to be ready and willing to take that. I imagine he was just hiding it in there. Sitting there. You know, sometimes we do that with our wounds and our illnesses. We hide them. We protect them. 
And sometimes, you know, we don't even know that they're there because we've carried them for so long that we forgot about where they're at and what they're doing to us as we walk with God. So we get offended with his word. We get offended with him. We get offended with others. God's trying to reach to you because it's getting closer. The time is getting closer. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. I feel the spirit of the Lord talking to us. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Don't let offense take you away from God's word, from his truth. From the body he placed you in where you recognize truth. Because the day's approaching. That's why I gather. Because I want to know more of Him. I want His Spirit to work in my life. I need healing. I need His healing in my life. Man, God's healed me from so much. From the, from the day He found me. Oh, he knew always where I was, but from the day he called me, I remember. And then again, he healed me, and again, he healed me, renewing my mind and my thoughts, renewing my place with him. This is why we gather, so he can work in your life. He says, my word shall accomplish what it needs to. It shall not return void. <clears throat> Proverbs 19 and 11. It says the discretion of a man Deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over transgression. We got to think sometimes before we get angry, before that comes out of us, before we allow it to have its way, before we allow offense to come out. James chapter 1 verse 19. I love this verse because I recite it to my daughter all the time. 
It says, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Don't let that offense have its way in you. Psalms. Oh, let's go to Leviticus 19.18. And a clean person. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. You got to be free from offense, Paul said. The Lord commands it here in Leviticus. It's a commandment. Psalms 119, verses 165. And man, if you read through this psalm right here, it'll tell you a lot of good things of the Lord. But it took me to this one. Great peace have they which... Love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Do you have that in the New King James Version? Listen to what it says here in the New King James. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing will cause them to stumble. When you find your place with him, he's going to lead and guide you so that you won't stumble in this life of where he's taking you because he's coming back for his church. It is the time and the hour when he is coming and we all got to let him prepare us of where he's taking you, where he's leading you so that you don't stumble and you don't fall. Because offenses are going to come. Offenses are going to come. Why don't we all stand? Let us pray. Father, I worship you, Lord. I worship you. Hallelujah. I want to be free from offense, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, let there be no offense in us, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let there no, be no hidden agenda or motives, Lord God, but let our hearts be pure before your sight. Hallelujah. Let us walk in your light, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands. 
Come on, worship him right now. Father, if there be any offense in me, Lord God, Jesus, drive it out, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I don't want to follow the crowd. Hallelujah. I don't care what anybody says, Father. I want to serve you and you alone. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, blessed be your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for your truth. Father, I ask you, Lord God, that you would have your way in this place, that your will would be done in all of us, Father, Lord God, that you would search our hearts, Father, Lord God, make evident, Father, Lord God, your truth, Lord God, make evident, Lord God, the things that you're dealing with in us, Father, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, Lord, we worship you, Father, Lord God, and we yield ourselves to you, Father, Lord God, for your purpose, for your will, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Be seated. Um, I'll try not to take too much of your night. Um, I... Uh, this is truth. I love this truth. I wouldn't be here without it. Every word. Every word is truth. You know, um, I was thinking about when uh, I was thinking about what I was going to say tonight. I thought about, you know, uh, the beginning when the word was first opened up to me and how precious it was. It was new. Wow, I didn't know that. I want to know more. Tell me more, tell me more, tell me more. And like my husband said, you can get comfortable with that knowledge and think, I've arrived. I know the truth. And we don't go any further. We don't seek to go any further, but God definitely wants to bring us further. He wants us to understand that we can trust him, that every word he says is true. And um, I think sometimes we can have disappointments in our life that make us question that. You know, I, um, I thought about... Uh, Isaiah. I thought about him walking into that Bible study all those years ago in Toppenish. Many of you know him, some of you don't, but uh, I remember him walking in and didn't know nothing, just a young kid, and came up and he, my husband's like, anybody want prayer? And he threw his hands up in the air. God filled him with his spirit right there, never even hearing a teaching about it. 
And uh, man, I prayed for that young man. I prayed for him. I prayed for him. I prayed for him. And he came and go, you know, he came and came in the church, came out many times. And I remember getting a call and he's in the hospital. He's on life support. And I remember going up there and praying, God, wake him up. I believed that he, every time I went and prayed, I believed he was going to sit up and say, oh, you know, he didn't wake up. And you question, why didn't he wake up? God, your word said, if I would pray and believe, it would happen. His word is still truth. God's promises in his word are true. He never fails. He is not a man that he should lie. His word is truth. You know. Let's just, I'm going to just open up to Hebrews chapter 10. And just open his word. these guys on. Chapter 10, verse 35. We'll start there. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified. You can follow along however. It says, Do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, for it has a glorious and great reward. For you have need of patient endurance to bear up under difficult circumstances without compromising so that when you have carried out the will of God, you may receive and enjoy the f- to the full what is promised. Yes. Yet, for, yet for yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will yes. not delay. But my righteous one, the one justified by faith, shall live by faith, respecting man's relationship to God and trusting him. And if he draws back, shrinking in fear, my soul hath no delight in him. But our way is not of those who shrink back to destruction. But we are of those who believe, relying on God through faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and by this confident faith, preserve the soul. I want to just jump over to 1 John 5. Starting at verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. 
For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. My faith is in God. It's not in this world. It's not in this world. 1 John chapter 2. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. God did not promise us in this life that we would not suffer. He did not promise us that we would not die and get sick. He did not promise us that we would not face disappointments. He did not promise us that we would have no more tears or crying because we believe in him. He did not promise us that. He promised us life everlasting. Not in this world. And like my husband said earlier, we can get comfortable. Yeah. I like having a fenced yard. Right? So we that's why we cling around people that we're used to, you know, because you know, I'm just pretty sure I'm not gonna have any fences here, but maybe if I go over here and talk to somebody I'm not used to, there might be some conflict, and I don't like conflict, I get comfortable. I don't wanna suffer. I hate having pain. That's why I'm not pierced all over. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> we uh in the, in the uh, clinic I work at, you got all these kids and coming in, and uh, you know they they're scared of the needles, and the parents are covered from neck to toe with tattoos, and like I'm scared of needles too. I can't watch, and I'm like, what? <laughs> I don't understand that, but anyway, <laughs> he promised us that that he promised no suffering no more in the life to come. That's our faith. That's our faith. First Corinthians 15, and I just recommend, I'm not, I would love to read the whole chapter to you, but it's a long one, and um, please go back and read it. First um, Corinthians chapter 15. I keep skipping over it here. I'm going to read it in the Amplified as well. And it reads, now, brothers and sisters, let me remind you once again of the good news of salvation, which I preached to you, which you welcomed and accepted, and on which you stand by faith. Verse 
By this faith you are saved, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for his purpose, if you hold firmly to the word which I preach to you. Unless you believed in vain, just superficially and without complete commitment. For I passed on to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to that which the scriptures foretold, and that he was buried, and that he was bodily raised on the third day according to that which the scriptures foretold. I was thinking about the beginning and that message of everlasting life, being born again, the promise and inheritance of the kingdom of God. That's the faith that we stand on. That even though I might die, I will be raised again. My hope is not in this world. We can get offended with God because we get comfortable. He doesn't give us what we want, what makes us comfortable. I don't understand why I'm sick. I don't understand why so-and-so is sick. I don't understand why this and that's happening. And... We think somehow, we kind of, maybe we don't say it out loud, but inside, we feel like, well, maybe that's it's not, you know, for me. Maybe this isn't true. Maybe it's true for someone else. It's not true for me. And offenses will come. And maybe you don't speak it out loud. But it's buried deep within. And you quit hoping, you quit praying. Skip down to verse uh, nine. For I am the least worthy of the apostles and not fit to be called an apostle because I at one time fiercely oppressed and violently persecuted the church of God. But by the remarkable grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not without effect. In fact, I worked harder than all of the apostles thought, though it was not I, but the grace of God, his unmerited favor and blessing, which was with me. So whether it was I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed and trusted in and relied on with confidence. I'm going to verse uh, 19. If we who are abiding in Christ have hoped only in this life, and this is all there is, then we are of all people most miserable and to be pitied. That's not where my faith is. My faith isn't in this life. But now as things really are, Christ has in fact been raised from the dead. Thank you, Jesus. And he became the first fruits, that is the first to be resurrected with an incorporeal incorruptible immortal body foreshadowing the resurrection of those who have fallen asleep in death 
jump down to 30. Just in case you thought, maybe you think we're not meant to suffer. For that matter, why are we running such risks and putting ourselves in danger nearly every hour if there is no resurrection? I assure you, believers, by the pride which I have in you, your union with Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. I face and die to self. We've got to die just like he died so that we can also have the resurrection. Jump down to verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point of exhaustion, and the Lord is not futile nor wasted. It is never without purpose. His word's true. There is nothing that you face that isn't without purpose. And you can trust him. He's not going to let you down. Even though this season might be difficult and you don't understand he's faithful his word is true we have to go back to that place when the word was fresh and remember remember what faith we stand on the gospel of Christ that he lived he died and thank God he resurrected. Because I don't live for this life. And I pray that he reminds me, and he reminds me again and again that don't get comfortable. Because it's easy with the blessings of God. It's real easy. I mean, I, I remember being in places that were not comfortable at all. Now I have a comfortable home. My, I don't worry about my car breaking down very often. You know, it's going to start every time I put the key on it. I can, you know, have faith for that. There was a time I did not have that. And God's brought blessing into my life. And you can start getting comfortable with those things. And think that you're living this life for the blessings of God. We're not. We're not. And if we do, we're miserable. Just like the word said. We're pitiful. Because, can you imagine if this is all we hoped for? Uh, it's all going to perish. It's all going to burn, be dust. Not even dust. Gone. His word is truth. We just pray one more time. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would restore to us a love for your word, a love for your promises, 
of faith, Lord God, that cannot be shaken. Lord, that your word is true, Father, Lord God. Lord Jesus, there's nothing wrong with trusting you in the face of ad. There's nothing wrong with trusting you in the face of adversities, Father, Lord God, and disappointments, Lord God, and failures, Father, Lord God, because your word is true. You never fail, Lord God. You never fail, Lord God. Lord Jesus, still in our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift your hands right there where you're at. This altar's open to you. Come on, if the word's been speaking to you, let him have your, his way in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, we trust in you. I trust in you. I step out in faith, Father. I trust in you. Hallelujah. keep on waiting on him. Hallelujah. He's doing something right now. Father, I press through. Father, I press through the veil of the flesh. Hallelujah. I press through, Father, that you would have your way right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My faith and my hope is in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 